Welcome to the Guardrail Podcast. This is a podcast about what it looks like when you ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. We describe all the many things God has shown us as we have pursued a deeper walk with Him. I'm Rachel. And I'm Fa. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to our podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 11. Going strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going strong. Um, we started our socials. So mm-hmm. now you can really like and share. And Legit. You can find us on Instagram, <laughs> the Guardrail Podcast. Right. And Facebook. And Facebook. Also the Guardrail Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. YouTube coming soon. Mm-hmm. All the things. You'll be finding this. Yep. yep. Share. Share everything. Incidentally, it's much harder than one thinks to make these things. Yeah, For me anyway. It's a lot of work. I don't have social media personally, so... I feel like one of those elderly people who were given an iPhone for Christmas and didn't have one before. And they're like, well, how do you call people? Yeah. That's how I feel. Where's I, the buttons? Yeah, where <laughs> – how do I get my friend Agnes on here? <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Um, and you know what? I've I've created my own life this way, like minimizing electronics. But now as I'm finding out, we need them if you want to. Um, yeah, you're low tech. Yeah, I really don't want to be interested in any of it. It's time consuming, let me tell you. Yeah, I know. Just like your whole focus gets in it. Yeah, I didn't want to do it because but, I know it's like it's hours just to set up things. You yeah, know it's I mean? kind of crazy how long it takes. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not the greatest person to um, be the one doing it. You really should have been the one to do it. But as time has it, I had off today. so I'm preoccupied with stuff. Yeah. With work. <laughs> <laughs> other things. Other projects as well. Yeah, we got a lot going on. A lot of exciting things in the future for us. Yeah. So we will... We'll catch you up on the next episode. To be announced. Yeah. But anyway, we appreciate you listening to this episode. We, um, Our prayer is that God speaks to your hearts like he's spoken to us. Mm. And so that's really why we wanted to have social media, only because we feel like people should hear all the awesome things that he is telling us. Yeah, that's true. And so... I need to spread this, like... Like, you talk about a new restaurant that you found. Mm-hmm. Right. And you want everybody to eat that food, so you gotta you gotta tell them. That's exactly it. You know, it's sort of uncomfortable for me to be like, oh, I have a podcast, listen to my podcast, because if it were up to me, I wouldn't do that. And it's... <laughs> embarrassing for me per se even if i believe in what i'm saying and it's really good it's just the the i don't know it's just not my vibe necessarily however uh jesus is my vibe and i want people yeah. to know what he's saying because it is good yeah and the self-promoting so, is a little annoying I don't yeah like it's that. a little weird uncomfortable yeah. but um necessary apparently but no one else is gonna do it because yeah like no one cares i had hoped that <laughs> jesus would just come down from heaven and touch it himself and <laughs> it would go viral the next day but that hasn't happened so i guess this is well, the next even step. if you want to go viral you have to have something out there it's true you can't, i guess it's not gonna happen by like osmosis or something i don't know i don't know social media just evolved from a, a fish what i tell myself is that even if no one hears it, we can go back and listen to it. Honestly, I've done that. Like I've, I've listened to too. episode two and I was like, oh my God, I'm a sinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I forgot about this. And I was like, dang, that's my problem. Yeah. Just up in here right? having yeah. some idols. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
And so I was like, dang, at least it, for at the very least, it blessed me back, you know, back when, back. Stuff sneaks up on you. Yeah, you know what? It's really easy to get sidetracked because the enemy is real yeah. and actively rooting against you. And, and so sometimes you need those reminders to keep you on track. Right. Um, yeah. That's why we a, listen. Yeah, our fight is not against flesh and blood. That's legit. <laughs> it's not. Um, but anyway, what we're going to talk about today is some more Jesus stuff. Some more things that God has shown me and Fa. Like what? Well, so here's the thing. This one's kind of interesting because I feel like it's it was for specific people. Um, however, I want to share it because in this thing that God showed me, um, I really learned about what ministry actually is. And okay. I've, I don't think I've ever actually understood what we're called to do because we know, okay, like the great commission is like, you know, go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. Right. So like, okay, let's do that. So what does that look like? I don't know. I have no idea. But what I know is what people do is we just do what people do and we kind of keep going with that. Mm. And I know that the Bible says when Jesus, and I've mentioned this in the previous episodes because this, I think this is one of the more pivotal things in my life, uh, this understanding of what ministry actually is. Um, but maybe I'll get to that in a minute. But so anyway, I was praying <laughs> and noticed all of this. The things that God shows me is because, oh, this is something that God's like teaching me right now is if, as far as like, okay. You want to see things from God or you want to hear things from God? All you have to do is ask for sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't even think you have to ask because I think God is always talking to us. We're just never listening or on occasion we'll listen or whatever. But also too is we have to position ourselves to receive from God. And sometimes we are just not positioned to receive from God. And like we'll yeah. be so like, like I've been doing something you know, that's consumed all of my attention, my focus, and I have not heard from God that well. And God kept showing me something. And I was like, I don't know what that means, God. And finally, last night, while I was like half asleep, it, what I learned, it was about positioning. It's like, I'm not in the right position. I'm not positioning. I don't have the right heart posture right now to receive. Like, I'm not, I'm too focused on anything else, if that makes any sense, without giving it away too much. Right. But, um, so it's kind of like you have to be positioned, meaning I was in prayer. I was ready to receive. And and ideally, I want to get to the point in my life where I don't have to be like, okay, now is prayer time to receive. Like, I just want to always be in a receptive mode. I want to wake up receiving. I want to go to bed receiving. I want to wish, wash my dishes receiving, you know, picking up the kids from school receiving, just in a constant state of being in God's spirit. I think that's the ultimate goal is to live in the spirit and maintain my lifestyle in the spirit and not the flesh yeah, and not in the cardinal mind, but in the spirit and having the spirit's mind. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I do agree with that because, um, I had planned on praying tonight, but I thought that maybe I wouldn't have time. So I'm like, Oh, what time do I pray or whatever? But then I'm like, I don't, I don't have to do that. I could just do it whenever. Like I'm free. I could just, you know, talk to God when I'm in the car or, listen to music or whatever. And it was a really good time. I had a really good time. And I felt like when I was talking, I had a, like a full on conversation. Like I said something, I heard something back. 
and then I said something and I heard something back. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like I had planned it. Like I didn't I didn't plan that moment. It was just it happened naturally and that's where I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to be in that natural, you know, you talk to God whenever you want to. It doesn't have to be an allotted time in your calendar for you to talk to him. Mm-hmm. It's just anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the organic times I spend with God when it's like organic, it's amazing. It's awesome. Anyway, to say that, I was praying. So my my heart posture was in an, in an agreement to receive, you know. And yeah. so in that, in my moment of receiving, I received something from God. So it's kind of funny because we've, we periodically will have people over for like worship nights and just any occasion, honestly, we like having people over. And so there was, um, a couple people there. We, it wasn't necessarily like a, a worship night or any kind of church meeting type of thing, but we just ended up praying for some people and, um, we were praying for them and it was like good and like they needed encouragement and blah, blah, blah. They went home and later on I was praying. So later on I prayed and I saw that whole interaction again. Like I saw them, I saw me, I saw you, we're all praying for them, right? And then I saw Jesus and Jesus was like, kind of, we were all like, we were all like cuddled. You know how it is when you pray for people? Like you got, yeah. I got to touch people. Like, I don't know what it is. If like, just that just makes it real. I don't know. <laughs> like right. the prayers aren't effective unless yeah. I'm physically touching you. I don't know. The Bible says about it, but I like legit want to touch. It just seems to focus me. So anyway, we're doing that and I see Jesus. And so in the previous episode, a couple episodes ago, but the spring in the dam episode, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and go (laughs) listen to it. (laughs) Look at that plug. Yeah. So anyway, in that episode, I was talking about how there is a spring in our living room and it just bubbles up and it just flows and it's the spirit, right? And so anyway, I saw Jesus and we're all praying for this, these people. And I saw Jesus go, go take a measuring cup, like a liquid measuring cup. And he goes over to the spring in my living room and he scoops up some water and goes over to the the people we're praying for and right. starts pouring it on their heads. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing this and I'm like, okay, that's nice. Like the spirit's on them or something. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm praying about it and I'm like, I still see it, right? And then I see him go over to one of them, the individuals we're praying with, and and they were like stiff. Like these, these people were stiff. Like the people we were praying for did not, were not able to move at all. Mm. It was weird. Um, like they were like paralyzed almost, but standing and they were alive, but they were just like almost like rigor mortis had like set in or something. It was Mm. odd. Yeah. So I taught, I saw him take over one of them and drag them over to the spring and lay them down in the water. And like at this point, the spring wasn't like a pool or anything. It was just like, you know, like ankle deep, like just like a puddle. Right, right, right. And so I'm seeing this, I'm praying about it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I really didn't see much more. And I was kind of like, I don't know what to pray for Holy Spirit. So like lead me in these prayers. I don't know what you're showing me. I don't know Mm. what you're doing. I mean, like you can kind of infer. I'm like, okay, he's pouring the spirit on them and whatever. I don't know. But I was like, that's weird that one was left behind. You know, there was was two of them that we were praying for and one was left behind. So I was like, what's going on? And so anyway, I'm praying. And I start to, I'm like naturally led into almost a different prayer. This was like a dual, like a topic prayer. Like, because one thing, this was before I went to go speak and share about what God's been showing me um, 
at a church. So I was getting ready to go and speak at this one church. I've been invited to share everything right. that God's been showing me and, and like speak in front of everybody. And I was going to fly out there and I was like trying to pray what I was supposed to pray for that. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray. Like, this isn't my thing. Like, this isn't, I mean, I've preached and stuff before, but this is relatively new what God is showing me now. So it's kind of like, how do I even share this with people? What am I supposed to do? And I'm starting to pray for that, like at those meetings that are coming up. And I'm like, okay, God, like, what am I supposed to pray about these meetings? And I start to see like Jesus at this, this church I'm going to go to. I see him there and I see a bunch of like people there you know, about to listen, but I was up front, you know, speaking and Jesus was next to me up front and he wasn't necessarily speaking, but he was there with me. Right. Right. And I saw him, it's funny, I'm, I'm speaking and I saw him go over to a certain individual. Like he was like touching this one individual and I was like, okay. And then I saw him, like he was back up by the front and then I saw people come to him and like that one individual didn't come to him. He went and sat down. Like it wasn't for him, but he was, he was like all about it. It was great. It was good, but like other people need to have it, not him necessarily. Yeah. And he went and sat down. And, but what I saw was that Jesus left where he was and he went over to that guy and he started praying for him again. And then, so like I'm seeing this and I start to get the sense that he wants me to follow him. Like, right. okay, he's going to that guy. So he's like, okay, come, come over, come over to this guy too. So I follow Jesus over to this one guy and I start praying for him. And then I start seeing like this wild, like deliverance type of thing happen with this guy, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So then the Holy Spirit is kind of leading me to be like, okay, God, so all I have to do is just copy your movements. Like whatever you're doing, I'm just going to follow it. Like that's legit all I have to do here. And I, I started to get the sense like that's the Holy Spirit. It's like, And then I saw Jesus was like baking bread and stuff. And then he was like handing it to me to feed people. And right. he was like telling me, he's like the hunger you're going to eat. And I was like, okay. So it was like a, like a very non-pressure situation. Like I'm seeing this and like what I'm being led to pray is that, okay, God, help me to just follow you and copy what you're doing. You're baking bread. So I'm going to hand it out. Like, okay, that's it. Right. That's all I have to do. And so anyway, back over to our home and like the, the two things I saw kind of intermixed. Right. And so I took what I learned with that thing, with the, with the baking bread and everything and about the following. Mm-hmm. And I applied it over to what I was seeing with these individuals we were praying for. So I was like, okay, God, I'm supposed to just follow you. So I was like, okay, God, I just want to follow you. So then I go over to the one that was left to the other side and um of the room that wasn't in the water that was also paralyzed and i i grabbed that person and so i do exactly what jesus did i'm like just taking that person and dragging them over to the water and laying the water down right and before that actually i skipped this part i like i'm like i found a measuring cup so i was like oh jesus is pouring water on their heads then i'm gonna pour water on their heads that's what he's doing so i'm just gonna copy what he's doing so i take that and i do that and i drink the guy over and lay them down right And so, again, I don't really know what's happening, but I'm just – I don't know what's happening. I don't know what God's doing here, but I'm just following his movements. And they're stiff, that they could not move at all. And so, all of a sudden, I see him kind of like stop up, like 
the water so that it could make a pool. Like not the water, but like stopped it up so that it could fill up the room, like close the door and like shut the windows right. so that water yeah. could rise. So they're laying in this spring water and all of a sudden the water starts rising up and they start floating all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. And until like they're, it's uh, the water is high enough where they could actually stand in it and be kind of like chest deep in it. So I, I see him like flip the one person on their feet. And so then I took the other person, and I flipped that person on their feet. And then I saw Jesus um, take the one person's arm and do like range of motion exercises with them. Right. And, like stretch out their arm because they were so stiff and like move it this way, move it that way and whatever, whatever. Right. And I was like, okay. So then I do that. I do it with the other person. And I'm like, you know, doing range of motions with their arms so that like, and as, as I'm doing that, like they start to get more lubricated. Their joints were less stiff and they were able to move more. And they were kind of like, they weren't as frozen anymore. And I kept asking God, I'm like, why are they frozen? What's going on? And he was like, oh, well, they're in pain. They can't move because they're in pain. And wow. I was like, okay, like, why are they in pain though? And we we're just moving. He was just kind of like, we have to help them because they're in pain. And I was like, okay, like I'm trying to help. Like, I don't understand what's happening. But I was like, what are we doing? And he was like, your your joints get stiff when you have arthritis. They have arthritis. And I was like, okay. And he's like, we have to do physical therapy with them. Right. The water makes it easier for them to move their limbs oh, again. Wow. I was like, Okay. And I was like, but Jesus, why do you need my help to do this? You know, like you could just do this. And he was like, well, he's like, sure, I can just do this. But he's like, many hands make light work, you know. Right. And I want you to help me do this because you have to help them. We have to help them. They're in pain. And we have to help them and their joints be lubricated. And we have to do physical therapy. And I was like, okay, but like, why are they in pain? And he was like, well, again, arthritis happens when from overuse and they're working too hard. And I was like, um, all right, they're working too hard. And, and, and he's like, you know, it's really hard to escape the factory of terror. And this is referencing one of my earlier like things God showed me about the Disney World, yeah, and about the rides and how we perceive God. And there are people in the ministry who think that if they are not producing, that they are not doing what God has called them to do. That they have to work and they have to be slaves yeah. in the kingdom yeah. of God. That they have to perform, and and it's like they're driven by fear. Is because if they're not producing, then they are useless and they're not doing what they're called to do. And, and what God has continuously showed me is that that is not how he operates. I mean, like we are called, of course, but he doesn't drive us by fear. And, and it's not about works, but there are people who cannot get out of the mindset that you have to produce. You have to be working. It's about works. What do you have to show for yourself? And with that kind of work ethic, you wear your joints out spiritually. There are spiritual joints that you can wear out. Yeah. And what God was saying is, is that, you know, these people, they've been taught and they've thought that, that I'm a God that must have production, that I own an assembly line in the church and I am, I am constantly cracking the whip for production. And it's really, it's just a slave driver. And he's like, I'm not calling you to be slaves. I'm calling you to be free, actually. Yeah. But he was like, you know, the factory of terror, it's really hard to escape slavery. And so people that 
constantly feel like they have to produce all the time for Jesus. They're just kind of slaves, and they're in this this ideology of Jesus, of God, that he is just a slave driver, and that you're not good to him unless you can produce something for him. And that wow. is not how God sees yeah. you. And so that's they have arthritis because they don't stop working. And one of the things that God's shown me, and especially with the fishing that he's shown me, is that you know when we go fishing together, he always packs a lunch. And he said that fishing is never fun yeah. if you can't take a break and yeah. enjoy the scenery around you. And like Jesus is all about a time of rest. Like Jesus went and ministered in his ministry when he was on earth, but he always, he always retreated and had secluded time with the father. He always rested. And it's because he's, he understood that God, the father is not a slave driver and it's okay to rest. But anyway, to say all that, what I learned the most out of these two things that I saw is that our responsibility with God is always to just follow. And I mentioned this in the other episodes too, but this is really where I learned it, was that when when I think of ministry and what I'm called to, it's not that I'm called to, to make disciples or to um, make fishers of men, as I've mentioned the last couple of episodes, yeah. but it's about following him. He does that. He does yeah. the fishing part. You know, he's the one that um, is the thing. You have to be discipled before you can go disciple. And if we're not disciples first, then we're not going to make good disciples. <laughs> right. Because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And he says, he he calls out to the, the disciples while he's telling them to come join him. He was like, hey, come follow me and I'll make you fisher men. And so the, the command, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it until I die because this blew my mind, is that the, the command is for you to follow, not to be fishers of men. Right. But somehow we forget that and we skip a step and we run to, I'm going to go make, I'm going to go be a fisher of men. And I'm going to go out in ministry and I'm going to work and I produce and bring in the fish and do all this stuff. And really the call is always to just be a follower of Jesus and always to just be a disciple of Jesus. Because as you're discipling, uh, as you are a disciple, you will inevitably disciple others. People will see what you're doing. Oh yeah. Um, and so I mean, and even even still, like you you think about Peter on the boat, stepping out of the boat and walking on the water, and he kept his eyes on Jesus. He was just copying what Jesus was doing. Jesus was walking on water, so Peter was walking on water. But as soon as he looked away to the waves, either by fear or whatever else, it could have been anything, honestly. I mean, we know he was afraid, but it could have been, you know, maybe he wasn't afraid. Just, just for instance, say Peter wasn't afraid in that moment and he was walking on water. What if it was, you know, arrogance or pride or anything else that would have made him look away? He still would have sank. And the point is, is because if we're not following Jesus, then we're going to sink every time. Right. And um, when Jesus is taking a lunch break and you're still working, you're going to sink every time. You're going to get arthritis in the ministry. And so that's what God was showing me. Basically, when I was praying and I was trying to figure out what am I going to preach about? What am I going to speak about? Jesus was like, you don't even have to worry. You just have to follow. Right. So follow the Holy Spirit. Learn the Holy Spirit's voice and how to follow me, and you don't have to worry about anything. I'll give you exactly what to say. And thankfully for me, I mean, a lot of the things that God showed me is kind of embedded in me at this point. I just, I didn't even prepare anything. Like, I just asked God, okay, God, what do you want me to say? Show me what to do, and I'll do it, and I'll just copy your movements. I'll just copy what you do. No, I you literally saw him. prefer to do that, or you prefer to prepare? No, I prefer that, to do that. It takes that all of the pressure. Yeah. 
It takes all of the pressure off of me because my responsibility is to follow him. And that means I have to be in tune with him. I have to be, my eyes have to be on him. Yeah. So that's really where the work comes in or the effort comes in or the pressure comes in is to make sure, am I looking at Jesus right now? Because I don't want to sink. So that's really where it is. And it's, it's a lot more freeing. And I'll say that, that those meetings I had were the most incredible meetings I think I've ever been a part of yeah. in a church body. And just to, just like, let alone if I wasn't the speaker in it, it wouldn't have changed the fact that God did something crazy there. And, you know, it was a product of what he wanted to do, not me. And that's what it is about. It's about following him. Yeah, that was amazing. I remember watching that. And I remember thinking, I've never participated in a meeting where you had the overwhelming um, sensation that, or, or uh, I don't know what the right word here would be. I just knew that God was touching everybody in that meeting. And I knew he was speaking to everybody. And I've never been to a service where people after because because you you preach friday and saturday Mm -hmm. but then on sunday everyone was going up to the front and like giving their testimony or whatever and yeah they were all saying you know oh my god she was saying this and this and then god showed me this and this in my life and like and it it was everybody it was everybody so that's like insane to me how like whole families were being touched Mm -hmm. And God was just telling them things. And and how often do you, like, hear that, that, you know, you're hearing something and then God's just telling you, you know, something about yourself? Because it's usually, um, that's usually reserved for, like, people that are not Christian. You know what I mean? Like, you go into a church meeting and you hear the preacher say, you know, a message or whatever. And it, like, it convinces, like, the Holy Spirit will convince you. I don't know of your sin or you need to be saved this and that but a lot of christians once they're in there they're like closed off you know what i mean like they're closed off to what preachers are saying that but in that meaning like things are just being revealed to people mm-hmm. not just the speaker like everybody was getting a revelation you know what i mean like everyone had a revelation that you know either about something that they needed to get rid of or god was like showing them something and i was like wow this is extremely different and incredible because like i just never had that experience in my life yeah you know what i mean like it was insane yeah and um and it was crazy too like i'm used to preaching where well i'm i'm not but people are used to preaching where the preacher points fingers mm -hmm. and say you and you and you you gotta do this you know what i mean like you're you're living wrong you're doing this you you went up there and you talked about what God did in your life. Yeah. And you never said anything about anybody that was in the audience. Right. The Holy Spirit did that. Yeah. In a way that I've never seen. I was like, I've never seen that. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Um, yeah. And that's what that's why it actually makes it easier to be like not necessarily I'm not writing a sermon. I'm not like you know, studying anything. Yeah. These are things that God's shown me, like about me. Like yeah. I'm just sharing what God's told me about me and how screwed up I am. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things like, and not all of it was like, oh, correctional, but a lot of it was because I was pretty like far off, I think, not necessarily in my like beliefs, but in just my lifestyle, far off from living in the spirit, far off from, you know, 
understanding God's word. There are fundamental things of God's word that, I mean, I grew up in church and I didn't understand it until now, and which is kind of shocking. It's like, you think you understand, but you really don't. And so it was just me and being like, hey, this is what God showed me. It turns out other people also, it was relatable to them. And, and but this is like the thing is like, it was nothing to do with me. Like God showed me he was baking bread. And so hungry people, they're going to get fed. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference. If you're hungry, you will always get fed by God. You just have to come yeah. hungry. People aren't hungry anymore. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not, not people aren't hungry, but it's just like, if you're coming to church and you're not hungry, then yeah, you're going to walk away. Yeah. You know what it same. is too? Um, what's, what started this in our lives was we were asleep at first, right? Yeah. And then you get woken up and and then God did a whole, you know, process with us. And he was like, I'm going to open your eyes. And he did that to you. And he showed you he was doing it to me. We prayed. And then our eyes are open. Yeah. All of a sudden, of a sudden our eyes are open and we're seeing things. Yeah. And then after that, came revelations of like these are the errors in your life where you're that you've been lied to you know what i mean like it's like you're mistaken about this this and that you know let me show you what's really going on underneath and god was just doing that to you so when you went up there and he, you said those things to people which people don't do nowadays like mm-hmm. preachers don't go up there and say um you know, I wasn't loving my husband right. I wasn't loving my wife right. I had pride. I had this. I had that. Like, people don't say that. Yeah. And they don't realize how impactful that is to other people. Because when you when you go up and you you, you confess, like, not, not that, you know, everything was bad, but you just say, God corrected me here. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will say to the people that are listening, like, you like, like that's you. You need that too. Because the enemy uses the same tactics on everybody. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody is deceived on this, in the same way. Everybody has idols mm-hmm. that they don't know that they have. And they yeah. think they're following Jesus, but it's it's an idol. Yeah. And then somebody goes up there and they say, you know, I was doing this, but you know, that's an idol. That's not right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I used to uh go to church and i would overwork myself because you know i thought god wanted me to do x or whatever and god's like no i never asked you to do that like you guys came up with that you know what i mean like that wasn't me yeah and then you start saying those things and people's eyes get open and they're like oh my god that's not the will of god you know what i mean like we we need to repent and we and, and people do people do because truth is undeniable yeah. Like it's undeniable when you go up there and you speak the truth and it's like Oh you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. It's stuff just like falls down. You know what I mean? Like walls come down. Um what like is really shocking to me is that you spoke about self hatred mm-hmm. and one, you didn't know about it. You didn't know that was an issue for yeah. you. And people are like Sitting there watching you and they're going, oh my God, I hate myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and they get up and they, they say, you know, she was talking about self-hatred. God told me it was the same for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. God showed me when it started. God showed me what I was doing or whatever. And it's just like yeah, the most insane thing. You know what I mean? Like it's powerful. Um, I think the takeaway from all of this is that you do what God tells you to do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if you 
go up there and you're like you're just imitating Jesus and he's like come with me I'll I'll will fish I'll I'll teach you how to fish you know what I mean and like I'll do all these things he will come through in the message in such a powerful way that is like to me foreign you know what I mean yeah. I've never seen that I've seen powerful messages but I just never seen like a whole church of be- believers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, get something so powerful from things that, you know, it's not like some deep dive on the Bible or anything like that. You're just saying what God showed you. Yeah. And people are like, me too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's most a- insane thing. It's the most insane thing I've ever experienced. And I watched it on Facebook. It yeah. wasn't, <laughs> like, it wasn't there. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like... Yeah. Insane. Maybe we should link that, see if they still... Oh, I I think I have one of those messages saved that we could, like, share it or something. Yeah. Well, the self-hatred thing is the Larry episode, if oh, you're interested. Oh, right, yeah. It's um, on our bad podcast. Just yeah. Just go listen to it. <laughs> it's kind of wild because um, you think that's, that's the whole thing with being blind is you don't really see the problems. You know, and I think it's like, wow, you got to think about the Pharisees and how, you know, what do they say? It's like, man, you guys, you're so quick to throw the first stone type of vibe, you know, it's like, but you can't even see the freaking log in your eye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're, you're crying about this dude splinter. There's a log in your eye. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same concept. It's like, I didn't think I was anything wrong with me. I'm like, I, like I said, I grew up in church and I'm not saying there really was anything wrong with me. I think it's just a matter. The biggest thing that was wrong with me is being blind. And when I say being blind, it's just, I didn't see the log in my own eye. I didn't see the thing i was so asleep in my spiritual life that you know you're comfortable you do whatever and you don't see your idols like you had mentioned i think that was the biggest monumental thing in my life was getting rid of idols and then the bible says it pretty clearly and i'll share about this later there's plenty of things god showed me about this i haven't even touched on yet about what god showed me about idols like i you know things i didn't i didn't even know what an idol was i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't know what an idol actually was me either you know, it's like you, when people say, or you read idols in the Bible, um, one of the things I consider an idol is money. Mm-hmm. That can be a big one. Yeah. And that's easy to identify in someone's life. It's, it's like a person is like a lover of money. Mm-hmm. Another, and, and everything else is like, I think of an idol as a god. That's what I thought an idol was, like a foreign god. What's funny to me, like, to me, an idol is like, um, you know how to go to the Catholic churches and have statues and stuff? Those yeah. are idols to me. I was yeah, like, I think I was like, I don't have idols. Like, I don't worship a statue. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I never made a golden calf and worship. Right. I don't have like, no I, I, that's what I thought an idol was. Graven image but over here. We can make an idol out of anything. Yeah. Anything can be an idol. An idol just have to be something that you replace. The presence of God with the idol. You know what I mean? Like you, Jesus is supposed to be in this area of your life, but you replaced it with something else. That's an idol. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would when- even, I would even make it simpler than that. I would, I honestly think an idol is even simpler and smaller than that. It's anything that you're taking your eyes to. Yeah. That's not Jesus. That's an idol. Yeah. Anything you're going to focus on, like 
that takes your hopes and your expectations instead of, or in addition to, Jesus. Right. I think it's an idol. Yeah, um, if you give your attention to something rather than God, mm-hmm. it's an idol. Yeah, and I I'm think- not saying, like, oh, you know, you can't pay attention to anything, but I'm saying it's like, in your moment of need, if you go straight to that thing, yeah, that's, that's an, idol. an idol. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I th- God showed me, and again, I'll share this later on, but God showed me that idols only power, the only power an idol has over anybody is to make you look away. Yeah. That's it. The enemy will convince you you need to look away, that you need to look at the idol. Yeah. That's the only thing. But, um, yeah. So anyway, I think the point of this episode is about following Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. When he's resting, we rest. Yeah. And there's a time to rest all the time, even yeah. if you're in ministry, even if you're in quote-unquote ministry, which is like, okay, you are a Bible scholar, you run a Bible, whatever the heck, study on Wednesdays because you're the pastor of a so-and-so church, and you have to keep, you have to, you have to, you have to, conquer and disciple the nations and and you have to bring people in and you're fighting every day and you're struggling and you're getting nowhere and meanwhile you're working you're working you're working giving yourself arthritis <laughs> jesus yeah. is sitting alongside of the pond eating a sandwich because it's lunch break workplace injury yeah i'd rather be where jesus is yeah in that moment but if you have the mindset of a slave you're going to have the injuries of a slave well we will, the thing is like people will think that god told them to do that mm-hmm. um but that's not the real god that's an idol you know that, I mean? like, that's where that's where looking away from jesus gets you in trouble like yeah. ministry becomes an idol to pastors yeah. and to leadership there we go. And, ministry, and church. An ministry becomes an idol yeah. and you are always going to have to sacrifice to the idols Always, because you are never going to be good enough for an idol. And that's the whole point. Idols always need sacrifice. That was like, you know, back in the day where like some of them, they had to sacrifice their children. How many pastors have sacrificed their family for their idols ministry? Things are the same today. Uh, Back in the day, things were a little bit gruesome because, you know, it was wild. Um, Like Paul was walking around killing people. You know what I mean? Like the Christians. Mm -hmm. That's not something that would fly today, at least in our, not in our society. But, you know, yeah, the idea is the same. People go around killing their Christian friends or whatever, or their Christian brothers or whatever. Um, ministers still go around sacrificing their families. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it might the, not be a ministry. blood sacrifice, but yeah. their, sacrifice, their ministry is um, taking place of the family. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. This is where your family's supposed to be. You put ministry in there. You lose your fam- family at the end, and you lose a ministry too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean sacrifice. Like so that like and again, this was episode two where we talked about idols. I could go on for days about them because I'm just learning about them. Yeah. And how many I've had, and um, which is so scary because what the first and like you know the the second verse and um commandment is like hey don't make images, you know. Before, don't have any images, uh, you know, alongside of God or ahead of God or before God or whatever. No other I'm, gods before. No me. other gods before me. Yeah. So it's a big deal. That was like <laughs> number two there, you know. Yeah. But and like only second after loving the Lord your God, you know, whatever. So anyway, um, 
the reason I say that is because, um, sacrifice, uh, the one thing this was before, like I really did wake up spiritually, but I was a worship leader and I worshiped worship. Like I, worship leading was an idol to me yeah. and I was freaking miserable and <laughs> I was miserable for a while. I mean, I got over it after I figured out what was happening, but yeah. I was like, the only reason I'm going to church is to lead worship because I really like worship and I like what it does for me. And it makes me validated there and I feel a certain way and mm-hmm. I'm in leadership. It gives me some kind of whatever. It makes me feel a certain way. Anyway, I didn't know it was my idol until God was like, you know, you're always going to be dissatisfied when you're worshiping something that's not me. Right. And it's like, why? And he was like, because you are always going to have to prove your worth to whatever it is you're worshiping. Yeah. You are always going to have to prove it. You're always going to sacrifice. You're always going to have to work harder because you're never going to be good enough for whatever it is that you've placed as an idol in your life. You're always going to have to give more and do more because you will never be found worthy to the idol. But he said, when you worship me, I'm the one that declares you worthy. Yeah. So that I've already done the work. I am the sacrifice. Yeah. You don't have to work hard anymore it, like in that sense because I have declared you worthy. And so when you come to me, there's peace and there's joy and there's fulfillment and new life and a uh, new sense of worth is because I've deemed you worthy. And so that's the thing. Well, we're working, we're working, we're working to accomplish a goal. Is that goal our idol or are we keeping our eyes on Jesus? Yeah. You know. Another thing is like if let's say – We'll go back in time right now to when you're worshiping worship. Mm-hmm. If I came up to you and I said, you're worshiping worship, mm-hmm. what do you think you would say to me? Well. Would you say that I was right or wrong? In that time? Yeah. Well, I said you're wrong. Exactly. You don't know when you have an idol. Unless God points it out to you, you don't know. Because you're deceived. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, here's the I thing I think we too. need to pray. If you're listening to this right now, I think if you feel led to pray that God will show you who your idols are. Yeah. Um, It's true because here's the thing. The Israelites, they all did it together. Like they all worshiped the idols together. They all made the the, the calf together. It was a collaborative uh, thing. I think the the church as a community, as a corporation, as a body doesn't know that it's just following another trend of whatever. If that makes sense. Like – Crowd mentality is always going to follow the crowd. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if like what's what's new and trendy in church is doing this and that or whatever, and our eyes are on that instead of Jesus as being our main focus of church, then church in itself can become some kind of idol worshiping whatever. Yeah. And so like if the Israelites were so easily decepted or deceived into – I'm making up my own words now. Yeah. You're deceived into idol worship. Do you think that we're any different? Do you think that our modern churches are not idol worshipers? Yeah. Like, of course they are. Um, But if you don't see that it's an idol, then you're not going to change your ways. you got to be open. You have to have your mind, eyes open to your idols. And you have to know what an idol is in order to do that. And if ministry and working in the ministry is your idol, then – um. It's time to figure out where Jesus is and divert your gaze back on his face again so that you can get rid of your idols. And I think it's really simple to get rid of an idol. You repent of it and you look at Jesus again. That's literally it. God will reveal to you, okay, this has taken the place of me every time. Uh, when you are worried or sad or discouraged, who's the first person you go to? 
Is it Jesus or is it somebody else? Or is it something else? Is it food? Is it TV? Is it entertainment in any kind of way? Your phone, social media, you know, these things should not come first before Jesus. He's always the one to go to first. Um, It's just a nice little fun way to think about judge a scale almost. It's like, who do I go to first? Yeah. When there's an issue that will reveal idols every time. Yeah. Who do I go to first when I'm sad? Um, if it's not Jesus, then that's something to examine and ask the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, if I'm going to this first, why am I going to that first instead of Jesus? Why am I going to my mom to tell my mom about all my problems instead of Jesus first? Yeah. Is that relationship unbalanced or not healthy? Like, what's going on there? Right. Yeah. You know? So that's what I have to say <laughs> about it. I don't know how we got back to idols, but I really feel like ever since we had church Sunday, like the idol thing, man. And I think like even after like a couple, I feel like we all have to do like uh, an assessment of idols because they can creep in so easily. And I think it's one of the biggest tactics the enemy uses with us is to make us look away. Yeah. Um, And so I think we periodically have to be like, God, if there's any other idols, if there's anything that is taking my eyes off of you, even for a second, burn it, burn it down. I don't want it. Right. Cause God takes this very seriously and it's kind of scary how like common it is for something that's so crucially serious to him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is very jealous. Yeah. He is very jealous. Yeah. So even taking like a daily, well not a daily, but you know, it's like things are kind of like, uh, okay, what's going on? Like, do mm-hmm. I need to like do an, ad- an assessment do I have idols? Holy Spirit, show me what they are. Yeah. And I, I, I prayer just in general is to God cure my blindness. <laughs> yeah. Because not only will you see your idols, but you'll see all the other things too um, that you need to see. Yeah, that's true. To walk with the Lord. <laughs> As if you're blind, you can't see real, really where Jesus is. Yeah. All right. I think we can end it here. It was a little bit shorter than an hour. We usually do an hour. Yeah. People probably don't want to listen for an hour. I know, right? But yeah, we should check some metrics on let that. Let me tell you something. I want to talk for an hour. Except for tonight because I'm tired. It's nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's pray for everybody. Okay. Because I feel that way about it. Okay, then pray. <laughs> I'm running out of words. I'm tired. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love and your mercy, Father. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just lead this prayer. Tell me what to pray over the people that are listening, God. Father, I pray that you would touch their hearts, Lord, and that they would be inspired by you, Lord, and about about what you're doing, Lord. And oh man, I pray, Lord, that they would be curious about what you're doing. And if they don't know what you're doing, Lord, I pray that that would be a signal to them that their eyes are looking somewhere else. Father, I ask God that you would divert everyone that listens to this podcast's eyes to your face, Father, that they would want to know what you're up to, that they would take up their cross daily and follow you, Father. It's about the daily following. It's not like a one prayer and I'm done. It's a daily process. It's a daily picking up your cross and following you. So Father, we pray, Lord, that you would just open up our eyes, God, that we may see the things we have never seen before. I pray that you would expose idols in our lives, Father, that they may we may 
cast them in the fire, Father. I pray that you would refine us and sanctify us, God, that we may be your holy people, Lord, and that we may take up our cross and follow you, Father, that we may copy your movements, Father. So when you're resting, we rest. And when you're fishing, we fish. And Father, when you're walking, we walk. And what you're saying, we say, Father, we want to copy you and mimic every single movement, Father. But we have to first be able to see you. We have to first be having eyes to see, Lord, and ears to hear. So Father, I pray that you would just make the the scales fall off our eyes, God, so that we may see you more clearly and follow you more closely, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was good. Amen. So now we can actually say this and be sincere. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all the other things that will soon become and share it with your friends and family. Yeah. Unless you think we're idiots, then I guess you wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) Anyway, have a good week. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.